Hi everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Jacob, and this is Out of Left Field, the show all about the weird and wonderful world of baseball. Oh, such a weird side. Pumps being hit square on the shoulder and leaving the game. Uh, so we were just. Yeah, apparently he was. Um, it, it looked pretty nasty we from. Had a really bad angle. We did, but like he went down hard. Uh, so we were just at a Jays game. Uh, we're recording this section uh, right after Jays game. So this is part two of our uh, two-parter on uh, advanced stats. Um, but we've split the recording session a little funky, um, and we're recording this part in the future from Ooh. relative to when we recorded the other part. Um, so this is why my voice sounds all strange and uh, different from the first part of it. Rambling. <sighs> um, long story short, we saw a three-umpire game today because in like the third inning, the home plate umpire got hit by a foul oh, tip. No, it was like the second. It was before the Jays. It was before the Jays scored, and the Jays scored in the third, and then like the eighth and the ninth. It was really early. Either way, a home plate ump got nailed by a foul tip right, like in the shoulder, and they took him out. It, it was. It looked very painful. We saw a three umpire game, which is a very rare thing to see in the majors. Um. Yeah, it was very cool, and uh, potentially a future episode. Not the next episode we record, but uh, at some point. We, we've got a few episodes worth of notes backlogged. But, back to the topic. Last week, you heard about uh, the people behind Advanced Stats. This week, you're going to hear about the numbers behind Advanced Stats. Again, not that ew, not that terrible math. It's not that awful. So, we're going to drop you back into the other part of the recording that we did all in one shot. Um, and you'll get to hear all of it. And my voice won't sound as terrible because I didn't just spend like three hours yelling at the Toronto Blue Jays. They did win this game, if you do care. So, enjoy us talking about math and baseball and my voice not sounding like I just was screaming for hours on end. Like I was. Okay, welcome back. So, in the last episode, we talked about the people behind the advanced stats. People. And also marveled ah. at how, and also marveled at how Taryn had never ever seen a baseball card. How the fuck have you never seen a baseball card? It's never been important. <laughs> I'm so confused. Okay. Summer, I spent my summers, you know, in the middle of I, fuck shit, middle of nowhere. Oh, I was a weird kid. Okay. You're just discovering no, life. no, I am. I I am very much aware of that. I've been very much aware of that for my like most of my life. Not all of it. There's a point where you didn't understand that you were weird. Yeah. So, now that we've uh, now that last week you heard about the people. Let's learn about the stats. Oh, this is not heavy. Not terribly. We're oh, going to no. start with the low math ones. Okay. So you're going to let me drink more beer before you get into more complicated stuff. Yes, we're going to work our way up and you're going to get drunker. You think that's a good idea? Maybe. Okay. So, first one. Batting average on balls in play. Babip. 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 B-A-B-I-P. They could come up with an easier knack. An acronym to say? Batting average on balls in play. It's batting average, but just on the ball. Nah. 
And what it measures is how lucky or unlucky a player, a batter, or a pitcher is. So how often he hits a ball and then it goes straight to the... Pretty much. So if a ball gets hit and it isn't a home run, a play can be made on it. No, really? Well, like, that's the basis of this. Well, what about a grand roll double? Or stupid fans, like Amish guy. Well, like, a grand roll double, a play can be made on. Because it bounced. You could that's play true. it before it gets over the wall. That's true. But then it didn't. And Amish guy? That, that is a home run, so it is considered a ball out of play. Even though it was a stupid. So, what we know about... So, on a scale of 1 to 10, how better do you think Jay's fans are about Amish guy and... <laughs> Uh, about 136. That's it? Yeah. Yeah. 13.6 times the scale? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, what we know from the history of baseball, about 30% of all balls hit that aren't home runs are hits. Okay. So, if a hitter is hitting the ball, but not getting on base, he's getting unlucky. So, all the blue jays. Pretty much. Um, if a pitcher's allowing lots of non-home run hits, he's also getting unlucky. So, the Blue Jays bullpen. Yes. So, if a hitter is getting lot is hitting a lot and getting on base a lot, is he just good or lucky? That's the question we're trying to ask. Well, it depends if he's a Blue Jay at this point of the year. <laughs> and if in a, case you guys haven't been following, Blue Jays can't get Okay, on but base. like... If this episode ends up in July and the Jays have, like, ripped off a 15-game winning streak, your jokes are so out of whack. Okay, we're recording this. This is mid-May. Okay. So, uh, if a pitcher is giving up lots of hits, but his infielders are making lots of plays, is this skill or luck? This is what this is trying to ask. Oh, okay. Um, If you're striking out a lot as a hitter or walking lots as a batter, uh, walking lots as a pitcher, though, it just sucks to be you. Uh, so it's calculated like this. Mm-hmm. Hits minus home runs okay. divided by at-bats minus strikeouts minus home runs plus sacrifice flies. Because that's not a lot of numbers. It's actually not a terrible amount of numbers. Are you serious? It's really not. Well, oh, wait, wait until we get to the other numbers. Fuck. So, and pretty much it's an easy way to do it. If your batting average on balls in play is over 300 as a hitter... You're getting lucky. Okay. And things are probably going to turn against you soon. Okay. If it's over 300 as a pitcher, shit's prob- some stuff's probably going against you, and uh, things are probably going to turn around soon, and um, it's going to level out. So what's the BBIB for the Blue Jays right now? Bad. I, I, I don't know it offhand, but it's bad. So but things like, are going to change? Yeah. But, yes. But like Chris Colabello last year oh, was but was he was historically good last year. We're talking, you know what a bell curve is? Yes. Okay. I did go to university. Okay, great. Now, you know how if you are at the very edge of the bell curve, the top right, at, the far right edge of the bell curve, mm-hmm. you are three standard deviations above normal? Yeah. He was more than three standard deviations above normal. So, even though he... He Even if broke the bell curve. We wouldn't get the same thing we got. No, he would massively return to normal. He got massive. He had the fourth best batting out. He had the fourth best batting average on balls in play ever for a season last year. Now that being said, even if he did dope up, that doesn't help you with your batting average on balls in play. 
that's almost entirely luck driven and it very quickly returns to 300 i still don't believe he did it i am not saying if he did it or not i'm saying that peds can't help your batting average on balls in play i don't think he did it okay why would you do it the second year in the majors and not the seven <laughs> years in the ball okay so now we're moving on to game score Oh, okay. So, game score is a quick metric to tell you how good a pitcher's start was. Okay. Here's how you do it. Every start, a pitcher starts with 50 points. Okay. Uh, And then based on how well they do, they gain or lose points. Mm -hmm. For every out they make, you get plus one. So, is an out like an out in the game in general? An out's an out in the game. Okay. Plus one. Every full inning after the fourth, a bonus plus two. Okay. Um, for every strikeout, plus one. Mm-hmm. So if you get an out that is a strikeout, it's plus two. Um, minus two for every hit you allow. Minus four for every earned run you allow. Minus two for every unearned run. And minus one for every walk. Good lord. Not hard. Sure. It's really not. Sure. Um, so an immaculate game. Okay. Which would be uh, you strike out every batter you face, mm-hmm. and um, you have faced 27 batters, so 27 up, 27 down, all strikeouts, would be 114 points. Mm-hmm. That's not the highest score possible, though. The fuck? You just laid out all these score, all these numbers. How? Because there is a very bizarre theoretical possibility in which you can top 114 points. How? So you know there's the rule that if there's a dropped third strike, you can run to first base? Yeah. Imagine if that happened three times in an inning. Why would you let that happen three times? In but an imagine inning? if it did. Um. Imagine catcher wouldn't be catching at the end of the inning. But imagine if it catcher would be out of the game, or the backup catcher would be in if you dropped three third strikes but, in a row. Okay, but imagine if it did. No, who doesn't do that? Anyone. Exactly. But imagine if it did. Josh Thorley, even catching R.A. Dickey doesn't do that. But it, we're talking in a theoretical. In this hypothetical game, imagine this happened three times in a row. Have you ever known me to do all those hypotheticals? We're... So, listener, imagine that this happened three times in a row. So, there are now three guys on base, all there via strikeout. Now, the pitcher still gets the plus one for a strikeout. Now, he struck out the side, so he's gotten six strikeouts this inning and a clean inning. That would let him get six strikeouts in the inning. Now, imagine this happened all nine innings of the game. Okay, the catcher would not have a job at the end of this game if that happened. I know, but in this theoretical crazy situation, he would get a possible score of 141. That is the maximum possible game score. If a pitcher ever got 141, I think that... I would beat the shit out of the catcher. It's going back down to, like, a low A. But that... He needs to learn how to catch a ball. That is the theoretical top possible score. Now, that's never actually happened. No one's ever gotten 114 either. No one's ever actually gotten 114 either. The highest score anyone's ever... wouldn't 114 be, like, a perfect game? No. 114 is an immaculate game. You strike out all 27 batters. Can you imagine a pitcher striking out all 27 batters? Yes. Oh. For the record, the major league record in strikeouts is 20 strikeouts in a game. It was equaled at the time of recording last week um, by 
Jordan Zimmerman. He struck out 20 for the Washington Nationals against the Detroit Tigers. Yep, I remember that. Um, he only had a game score of 80. Of 8? 80. 8-0. Oh, um, the highest score ever recorded, though, was 105. Kerry Wood of the Chicago Cubs, he at, he Wood. he tied the record of for strikeouts of 20. He recorded 20 strikeouts against the Houston Astros in a nine-inning, one-hit shutout. That was May the 6th, 1998. Oh, was alive, man. That was, so according to this metric, the greatest pitching performance of all time. I like this episode. It has lots of things about after I was born. Yes. So, I talk about the history of baseball after I was born. So 13 pitchers have gotten game scores of 100 or better. In and any of those from Blue Jays? Yes. Yes, I uh, remember a few years ago when Brandon Morrow had the one-hit game where he had like seventeen strikeouts. Wait, 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 wait! wait. The other thirteen, the one guy who was Blue Jay was Morrow. Yeah, remember? Not Doc. No, Doc never did it. You need to have a Not lot. Stro. You need to have a lot of strikeouts to get a game score that's really high. Game score in uh, is really preferential to striking out lots of guys. Apparently. Um, for reference, the Jays' highest game score this season was 80. That was Dickey last night. Dickey did a crazy last night? Yes. Um, How do you know all of this stuff? Like, when did you look this up? You didn't have internet I, all day. I, okay, first of all, I did have internet all day. I had internet this morning. Second of all... We're not awake that long before we left your house. Only takes a second. Ooh, try a little home run. We're only dead one. Yay! Um, At the top of the net. Yeah, okay, anyway... Um, but yeah, the Jays' best one ever was Brandon Morrow. He had a game score of 100 in that game where he struck out 17, uh, and allowed one hit with two outs in the ninth. I don't remember this game. Uh, it was the day after J.P. Arancibia hit two home runs in his first game as a Jay. I don't remember it. I was at the game where he had the 17 home, uh, 17 strikeouts and one hit. When was that? That would have been... 2010? What was I doing April? I was in... No, it wasn't Nova in April. Scotia. That wasn't in April. It was in, like, August. It was August of 2010. August 2010. I was probably in the middle of a golf Probably. Okay. <laughs> um, there have been 13 in a nine-inning game. There have been a number of games... No! Too low! Too low! <laughs> oh, my gosh! Um, so, we just got notifications that the Jays just have a game. Uh, that's pretty awesome. So, it's possible to ring up a higher game score by pitching a longer game. There have been pitchers who have had really, really high game scores in old... You can go back and retroactively figure out game scores uh, based on box scores. So, there have been pitchers who in like 16-inning games where they pitched all 16 innings. This was before bullpens were really a thing. Apparently. Had ridiculous high game scores. So, the maximum being 114 in the Immaculate game, 141 in the Crazy Stupid game. Um, are for, you mean the game where it catcher the yeah, dog? Would, are for, for uh, nine-inning games. The bet, the most recent game um, worth a game score over 100, or 100 or over, Max Scherzer on October the 3rd of 2015 threw a no-hitter. He had a game score of 104. Okay. Um, so it's just kind of a quick way to figure out how a pitcher did. Um, you can also use it by averaging his performances for the course of the season. Um, pitcher with the higher average game score has been a better pitcher over the course of a season. Is that how they decide who's going to get the Cy Young? No. 
Of course, that'd be too easy. It would be. There's also lots of different ways that they figure out the Cy Young, but no, the Cy Young's a voted on award. So a lot of the time, it's a lot of the time, it's the writers just look at, hey, this guy won lots of games and had a good ERA. Um, the writers are stupid. Hey, what about Shai Dafiti? Shai Dafiti doesn't have a writer. Uh, doesn't have a vote. Oh yes, he does now. He does now. Uh, but Richard Griffin does too. Oh. Griffin. Mm-hmm. He needs to go. Yes. Range factor. Okay. How good defensively a player is. So how good is Jose Batista? Not as good as you'd think. Really? Yes. How about Kevin Pillar? Really good. How about Josh Donaldson? Really good. How about Smokey? Pretty good. Oh, okay. Pretty good. So how range... Pretty good. Go-go? How... Like a god. Tulo? Again, like a god of his position. Okay, so how range factor works is it's assists plus putouts. It's assists plus putouts divided by innings played. Okay. So the basic idea is is that a defensive value of a player is better measured by how many plays per inning they make instead of the percentage of cleanly handled chances they make. Yeah, but that's going to way but like way o- the infield versus the outfield. Oh. Um, yeah, it is. And it's always relative to your position, how you value range put factor. Out. A put-out is like if I catch you out or I throw you out at a base, it's a put-out. Um, yeah, so that's a put-out. Okay. So first basemen are going to have lots of put-outs. Okay. Um, which means that first basemen's range factors are high. I'm sure. Range factors always measured relative to your position. Okay. Um, and in fact, that's what it does. It overrates certain positions. Mm-hmm. Like first base. They make lots of plays, especially on teams with good infield defense. Uh, okay. Now, it's mostly been supplanted by other um, stats, like defensive runs saved or ultimate zone rating. Mm-hmm. Now, they are more accurate in determining defensive skill they're also position neutral. Okay. But their downside is that they uh, require play-by-play logging manually of games to calculate. Uh, okay. What does that mean? You actually have to have somebody watch the game and be like, this ball was hit to here at this angle at this speed. And this player was standing here. God, that sounds painful. It is. It takes a lot of manual logging. Yeah, so why is this used stat? That vault, that seems like it takes a whole lot of people to go. It does. Okay. Um, but you end up with much more accurate stats. Okay. Pythagorean win-loss. I've heard of this one. Yes, you have. I go on about it a lot. Um, so how many teams, how many wins a team should have mm-hmm. based on... They're scoring, and they're not allowing runs. Yes. So, here's how it works. We're getting a little mathy. Okay. Have you had enough to drink? No, but I'll try. Okay. Winning percentage. Well, you're supposed to winning percentage is runs scored squared. Okay. Divided by runs scored squared plus runs allowed squared. Okay. Uh, It's called Pythagorean winning percentage. Because uh, it kind of looks like the Pythagorean formula. A yes. squared plus B squared Speaking equals C squared. Kind of sounded familiar. 
Um, so what it tells us is based on how many runs your team scored and allowed, you can kind of roughly guess how well you should be doing without luck coming into play. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's inherently flawed. When they created this and they went back and then tried to use it to predict the past, quote-unquote, it was off by about three games. That's not a lot. It, yeah, it correlates very well, and this makes it really easy to do back of the envelope, kind of. Okay. Um, the more accurate single number exponent is 1.83. So if you were to do it, um, run scored to the power of 1.83 divided by run scored to the power of 1.83 plus runs allowed to the power of 1.83, you would get it very accurately. Um, now what it is, is that teams that win a lot tend to overperform and so they should have won less. And teams that lose lots tend to underperform this formula, so they should have won more. Oh, okay. Win probability added. This is the one that I tried to teach you about after that Jays game one time when you were shit-faced. Why did you think that would be a good idea? I think you picked something up about it. Let's see. Okay. How much a player contributed to his team winning a single game? Okay. Oh, WPA, yeah. WPA. Well, if you told me what the acronym was, I might have remembered it. Okay. Do you want to try and explain this one then? Hell no. Okay. So, over the course of the 100 plus years of professional baseball, um, there's lots of box scores. You were shit faced. You had four that day. Yeah. Um, There are uh, lots of box scores and play by play data. And then, thanks to the RetroSheet project, Every game since 1974 is fully documented. Why not before 74? 74 is when they, uh, is when the project has gotten back to so far. So um, they have, thanks to extensive background databasing um, and volunteer work, gotten all the way back to 1974, and they're gradually working their way back from there. Okay. Most games since 1920 are. Okay. Um. So how this works is, at any given play, in any given game, Mm -hmm. you can look at the history of baseball. In previous games, an identical situation took place. Yes. So inning, outs, runners on, and see how likely it was that a team won. Okay. So it's like, it's the bottom of the third. The team with the runners on is down two to one. How likely it is? How likely is it that the team with two runners on was down two to one, went on to win the game? Okay. And then, at the end of the play, you look at how many. Uh, you look at what the situation is. So it went from one out to two outs. So now the team with the two guys on, down by a run with one out, went on to win the game forty-four percent of the time. Now they only went on to win the game forty-one percent of the time. I literally made that up. So the change in the play was they are 3% less likely to win now. Okay, so there would be, like, astronomical, like, one-out double plays, and, like, that means nothing in the grand scheme of things. But, like, what about, you know, game five of the ALDS, and you just have... You actually can, because you can look at how many times is... Like, you want to look at... You can look at the WPA of that home run. It's astonishing. It's like 100. No, it's not. It is something like 0. 0.6. Wait, 
Wait, what is it in decimals? What's oh, percent? okay. No, it is in percents. It's it's figured out in percents. Uh, but uh, 1.0 is win. Okay. 1.0 is you have won the game. Negative 1.0 is you have lost the game. Now, so Jose Batista did not win the game with that? No, because the game wasn't over. But it was. Now, it is possible as a player to accumulate... Okay, so how it works is... Is it's written as it's written out as 1.0 percentages. So 0.94 is 94. You have a 94 percent chance of winning. Yeah. Um, and you you take the percentage chance of winning in a given game, in a given scenario. You figure it out after the scenario, and you say, okay, this play added a 3% chance of winning, so you get plus 0.03, and the pitcher always gets the inverse, so they get minus 0.03. Um, and the change is measured. 1.0 is winning the game. Negative 0.0 is losing the game. Uh, sorry, negative 1.0 is losing the game. Now, it's possible to accumulate more than 1.0 as a player. Well, that would make sense if a position player was, you know, making certain plays all game. Exactly. But that also would mean that his team has to keep shit in the bed. Um, there, there have been games where it's possible to accumulate more than 1.0 and your team still loses. Well, yeah. I'm sure the Blue Jays didn't have that. Uh, yeah. But generally, what it is is you hit... You get big hits in high leverage situations, and you get more. Game by the ALCS. Uh huh. It's also a little different in playoff situations, but it's not calculated any differently. Oh. Okay. Now we're getting into derivative stats. Oh fuck. We're not calculating derivatives, but it's stats based on other stats. Okay, I might be better if I pull out my calculator and do any of this. Runs created. This is a Bill James one. Number of runs that a team, the hitter create, contributed to his team. Yeah. Its most basic form is really easy. Revise. Hits plus walks times total bases, all divided by at bats plus walks. Revise. No, that's not revise. Yeah, it's close enough to revise. Not really. This is how many runs a player was worth. So it's hitting runs plus base running runs. It's it's kind of. It's offense. It's how much offense he was worth. So it's not just how many guys he hit in. Um, so then there's more advanced versions that incorporate steals, caught stealing, waiting for different hits, grounded into double plays. How do you wait for a different hit? So like a single is worth one. A double is oh, worth wait. two. Wait. What? W-E-I. Oh, Yeah, wait. waiting. Waiting. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. One for a single, two for a double, you know, that kind of waiting. Okay, yeah. So, well, that gives us a pretty good idea of how many runs they contributed to their team. Um, then there's n newer versions that give us um, team, league, and era neutral views. So then there's uh, weighted runs created, which is uh, abbreviated as little WRC, and that uses weighted on base percentage. You know what on base percentage is? It's that one that you hate. No, I like on-base percentage. I don't like OPS. Okay. Um, which I don't like because it adds two fractions with uh, denominators that aren't the same. And you learn in like you grade... You always make denominators be the same. You learn in grade four, you always make them the same. Yeah, 
Yeah, just I think you learned that in grade three now. Um, Superfly's not for, you know, most stupid people. You just say it's, you know, yada, 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 yada. I'm sure about the calculating, they go and find the common denominator. No, they really don't. You, you can't. Anyway, anyway. Um, weighted on base percentage is just instead of saying um, all getting on base is the same, mm-hmm. you um, say that a single, it's again, it's weighted. Like um, we said, weighing for different hits. A double's worth more than a single, etc. Um, so, and it uses the league run scoring environment for the given season to determine how they performed. Okay. And then there's weighted runs created plus. WRC plus. This is a really good one. So it uses weighted on base percentage in the league run scoring environment. It also neutralizes for the park, the season, and the league. And it does that by using constants derived over a number of seasons. So it's like, we know it's easier to hit at the Rogers Center than at, like, Oakland. Okay, do they take this number and average it out between when the dome was open versus closed? Yeah, the dome actually has two different park uh, factors. It's it's, abs- it it's absurd how they calculate into this. Are we the only park with multiple park stats? No. Um, Miami. Miami has a convertible stadium? Yeah, Miami, Houston. There's a few. There's a few. Is Houston um, day versus night? Houston's day versus night and open versus closed. Houston's opens and closes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the really good thing about WRC Plus is that the league average is always 100. Okay. It's, this is how they normalize it. So you one glance, you could tell it how good a player is. Um, mm-hmm. For reference, Ryan Goins so far this season is like a 9. That's really, really bad. But like a hundred's good, a hundred's average. Okay. And if you really want to look into it, um, the constants are available in the Fangraphs library. Fangraphs is great for figuring out advanced stats kind of stuff. Okay. Dips is what we talked about in the last episode with Voros McCracken. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just love that name. I Um, think we're entertaining parts of his name too. That's it's just an entertaining name in general. That's true. Voros. McCracken. Robert Voros. Robert Voros. Voros is a nickname. Um, so dips isn't actually a stat. It's a theory. And it's about how you evaluate... Okay. What are we talking about theories and how stats? What? Why are we talking about theories all of a sudden? It's a theory about how to evaluate pitchers, and it groups a number of different stats together. Okay. So Voros McCracken developed the first one. He called it D-E-R-A. Defense Independent E-R-A. It's an entirely independent of fielding. Of course it is. It takes 10 steps and 28 different calculations to figure out. I am not fucking describing that. I looked at it and I got a migraine. It's brilliant. It's completely independent of defense. And it hurts my head. Okay, so go, you know, take an Advil or an aspirin and some pens and paper and sit down. Yeah. Now, Clay Dresho, I probably pronounced his name wrong, um, he's a statistician. He also created one of my favorite games, Baseball Mogul, which is a baseball s- simulator. Yeah, yeah. Um, he created defense-independent component ERA, DICE. Nice, I know. Um, yeah, you made And it works like this. 13 times home runs plus uh-huh. 3 times walks plus hit-by-pitch. Minus two times strikeouts, okay. 
all of which is divided by innings pitched, mm-hmm. and then you add three to the whole thing. Why? I'll explain in a sec. Okay. Uh, well, I'll explain it now, because that's what it is. Uh, it's to represent it in terms of ERA. Three is a constant. It's so that you can compare dice to regular ERA. Okay. Um, and it's actually better at predicting future ERA than past ERAs. And independent... So what is Dickie's dice for uh, this year? I have no idea. It's You have to use last year's numbers. I don't know these numbers offhand. I would have to go look them up. You mean you're admitting you don't know something? I admit I don't know lots of things. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You don't admit it. You don't admit it. Yeah. Um, Tom Tango independently came up with fielding independent oh, pitching. Oh, this is the guy who doesn't exist. This is the guy who very much exists, but nobody knows who he is. He doesn't exist. Okay. Um, he came up with fielding independent pitching. It's virtually the same. Um, you just don't use the constant. So it's expressed in its own terms. I totally have not had enough beer for this. It's fine. I'll keep drinking. Okay. Um... So these give you a number that's also very similar to DERA without having to do 28 calculations. Oh, okay. Because he wants to do that much math? Yes. And then there's XFIP. I'm sure mathematicians don't even want to do that much math. You do it in a spreadsheet or you... You do it in a spreadsheet or you have it done automatically. Okay. I um, guess that works. Now the knock against... The knock against these is that um, there isn't a um, – they don't neutralize fully for defense because okay. they both use innings pitched. And innings pitched is highly dependent on defense because defense still makes a lot of outs. Mm-hmm. And then there's XFIP, which is expected fielding independent pitching. Oh, God. Yeah. So it uses so this – So number one used to say, like, pitchers – I hate pitchers now. Yeah. It uses the same formula, but instead of using the real number of home runs, okay. it uses the league average home run to fly ball ratio. Why? Hold on. So the league average one is 10.5%. Um, percent. So 10.5% of fly balls are home runs. Uh, okay. Um, and what it does is it tells us if a pitcher is due for a regression. So if a pitcher is fielding independent pitching, FIP... Okay. He's lower than his ex-FIP. Okay. He's suppressing home runs, and it means that he's probably due to regress soon. Oh, okay. And if his FIP is higher than his ex-FIP, he's been giving up more home runs than average, mm-hmm. and he's probably going to get better soon. Excuse me. Now, there's some pitchers who are known to break ex-FIP. Like? R.A. Dickey. Whoa. The knuckleball is weird. R.A. Dickey's actually known to break both of these. Well, Dickey doesn't like playing about other people's rules, can't he? No, he doesn't. Um, no. Missing ligaments, knuckleballs. Um, Voros McCracken actually admitted when he came up with DERA that pitchers who throw trick pitches, like the knuckleball, uh, just didn't work with this system. I wouldn't call knuckleball. It's a trick pitch. It is. Okay. I think that's the end of this one, because there's a whole section on wins above replacement. Yeah, I'm not doing... No. Oh. Nope, 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 nope. That'll be a third episode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's the end of this one. That will record later. Yes. 
So a little groundskeeping before we go. Thanks to Rachel Schachter, as always, for making our great, beautiful new logo, uh, rachelschachter.net. If you want to check out any of her uh, new stuff or um, her portfolio or commission something from her, she'd be very happy if you throw some money her way and uh, get a logo for your blog or your podcast or your small business or whatever. Um, she'll do anything. Uh, not anything, but she'll... She'll, she'll do most she'll, things. She will create a custom logo for you. Yes. There. Um, Schachter is spelled S-C-H-A-C-H-T-E-R. If you can't spell Rachel and .net, um, you might have dyslexia. Um, we will also, if you ever want her name and contact information, you can email us. That's at O-O-L-F-Cast at gmail.com. Way easier to spell and remember. Yes. And also, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you want to get in touch with us about our... Theories, uh, jokes. I, I don't think I have a baseball joke for this episode. That's okay. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, God. Um, so there is a... Uh, fi- uh, there's a second baseman walking down the street, and uh, he sees there's an apartment building on fire. And um, there's a woman up on the eighth floor, and she's like, Help, help, won't somebody help save my baby? And she tosses it out the window... And the second baseman runs underneath, and he catches the baby, and then he springs up, and he throws it onto first base to complete the double play. <laughs> oh, that shouldn't be as funny as that. I know it shouldn't, but it was a pretty damn bad one, but it was That's so good. good one. I, it's so bad that it's good. Um, okay, so, and also if you have any questions for our mailbag episode, everything you wanted to know about baseball but were too afraid to ask, uh, unless two strangers on the internet were willing to answer it for you. Send it over to us. Once again, that's oolfcast at gmail.com. When he says two strangers, he means one stranger and the person who's going to be trying to follow along. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and uh, follow us on Twitter at oolfpodcast. Or you can follow either of us on Twitter. I'm at jmsmorris, M-O-R-R-I-S. This is how you spell Morris in case you didn't know. And she's at Clunas Terran. C L U N A S T A R Y. N. Yes. There's an N at the end of your name, Terran. Uh, this is three views in. Woo! Drinking. <laughs> okay, so I think that's the end. Of, that's the end of part two of yeah. Advanced Stats. Uh, next week, you'll get to hear part three: the war about war. If you can come up with a better title, let me know, people. Don't be sober at first. No. Uh, yes. Okay. So, uh, that is everything, I think. For Out of Left Field, I'm Jacob. I'm Karen. That's the ballgame. Bye.